Hello, welcome to episode 336 of Sat King's Therapy. Uh, I am coming to you solo today after the Kings lose to the Warriors again <laughs> in Golden State this time. Uh, 116, uh, is it? Yeah, 115 to 116. The Kings had control for basically the whole game until they stopped playing defense, basically, in uh, the fourth quarter. And uh, yeah, the, the Warriors managed to basically come make a big comeback. I think I think they were down like 18 at one point, like in the fourth quarter. And they came back and won the game because that's just how life is sometimes. Um, takeaways from this game. Um, I thought the Kings actually looked really good. Their offense like looked real. I thought looked really good. Although if you look at the numbers, it's not as uh, it's not as good as it normally is in terms of the assists. It was a lot more uh, self creation this game, and one of the big ones was uh, Keegan Murray was looked really really good. You know, he looked like he had definitely taken a step. He was shooting with incredible confidence, like from three, and also putting the ball on the floor. He, they had to guard him a lot, a lot with uh, either Steph or Chris Paul, and he took advantage of it by just using his size, getting to a spot, or just straight up getting to the rim. He, he looked, he looks just really comfortable like scoring on different levels now i'm not i'm not sure about calling him a five level score or like a three level score just yet but he looked really really good and he was a big reason that the kings managed to get that big lead and then there the the other piece um to this of the kings getting a big lead was davion davion um in the second quarter i believe was four for four from three just was absolutely just torching it from the three-point line he did end up missing his last two but like his jumper does look really nice. You know, he's he's I thought his passing was also pretty good. Um, just, you know, operating the offense. There was a bit of over dribbling at times, but like I thought he ran the offense pretty well. Like if he didn't have the shot, he would, you know, move the ball. So like those two guys were the big kind of reasons why the Kings got a big lead. And then uh, Fox, we, we actually managed to get a fourth quarter Fox sighting here where he, like he just was absolutely unstoppable for stretches like when the king when the game got a little got a little uh shaky uh towards the fourth quarter he was able to put him back up um and just you know like he just really abuses like let's just say less than ideal rim protectors the the main thing i i, I always think about fox now i don't i don't think i've said it on the podcast is that you cannot just put regular defense against them you need like top-notch elite defense i'm talking like draymond green or Kevon looney protecting the rim with a elite defender on him like you need like andrew wiggins to stick to him at all times or he's just gonna or he's just gonna get an easy basket like they had Trace Jackson Jr. or Trace Jackson Jr. Not, not Trace Jackson Jr. Trace Jackson Davis back there for a lot of it. And he just got bullied by uh by Fox. And then Dario Sarge wasn't any better. Like Fox has Fox is definitely that guy. Like, I don't know if he's improved, but he definitely looks like the type of guy that will absolutely light your light your team up if you know you don't if you don't have a game plan for him. So like those were kind of the those were the good things. And the last good thing I'll talk about 
Kobe Jones um, managed to get some minutes. Um, we'll see if that actually is going to be a thing because Duarte was out, which, which basically is who he replaced, essentially. And then um, Trey Lyles was out for, for the Kings. So we also we got more Sasha Vazinkov, although did not play particularly well, but th- there are some encouraging signs. Um, yeah, Kobe Jones was just really, really good. You know, he hit two threes this game. His jumper, I ultimately to me, is a bit shaky. But, like, he does so many other things that I can look past it. Like, he just, he has a great feel for the game on the offensive end. And then on the defensive end, he is a really just, you know, tenacious and just smart defender. He's got, he's got good length. And I thought, I thought, like, him and Malik, like, guarded Klay Thompson really well. Like, really harassed the Clay Thompson into a terrible shooting night, like two for 11 from the field. But uh, let's get to the bad. The bad is, unfortunately, the Kings' defense. It just isn't there right now. And I don't know, like, if it's going to get any better. Like, the Kings did get JaVale McGee, and you, you would think, like, he'd be a good rim protector. And to a certain degree, he is. He is ridiculously long, but he's definitely really slow. Um, and he doesn't seem to be a guy with great um, rim protecting instincts. He might be a, a good shot blocker, but he's not really a rim protector to me. So like that doesn't really help your case. So that really just leaves Sabonis being your best rim protector. And you know if you watch the Kings for long enough, he's just not long enough to really be a good rim protector. And then Sabonis had a pretty rough game on the offensive end. I thought now he, he's he's your usual kind of like hub of the offense, like just you know, ran the offense really well and, you know, just it is so crucial to what the Kings do. But then he also did really did struggle a little bit against uh, Trace Jackson Davis, of all people. Like, you know, he, he tried to bully his way to the rim and J- Trace actually held up pretty well, considering that he is a rookie, even though he is like a really old rookie. But, you know, he held he held up pretty well against Sabonis and Sabonis just couldn't bully his way to the rim like you th- would think he would because... Like Trace Jackson Davis is really good. I actually really like him, but he is really small. Like he is like noticeably smaller. Like not not noticeably, but he he definitely looks smaller than Sabonis. Like shorter than him, and just it's gonna it, it's it's a bit concerning. Maybe like the thing with a lot of these things is that it is the preseason, and I just don't know if it's gonna be anything of concern. Um, like Sabonis not being able to score efficiently on Trace Jackson Davis, I don't know if that's going to be a problem. Like, I think once the regular season starts, if Trace Jackson Davis touches the court, I think Sabonis is going to attack him. But I don't think I don't think he will because uh, Kavon Looney was out this game, and he basically just filled in for Kavon Looney. And you know, we'll we'll see if uh, Sabonis can find find some success against Looney. But as it stands right now, he had a pre- he had a decently rough game, like just shooting the ball, like four for ten from the field and four for eight from the free throw line. That was kind of discouraging. Like his his jumper, he kind of changed the rhythm of his jumper a little bit, and so far it looks a little off. Uh, I I just, I just don't know if there is anything to take away from it. Hopefully, it just cleans itself up in, in the regular season. Um, Kevin Herter, I thought like he's he kind of he kind of like you know. Um, flip-flopped a little bit between good and bad i thought he started out pretty well and he was definitely more aggressive but he still just missed a lot of open shots and that's a theme with the kings again this game uh 43s this game and only made 12 
I hope that this just isn't a thing in the in the regular season where they just shoot so many threes. The Warriors shot nine less threes and made four. Like the Warriors shot really well from three, but uh, like the Kings, I just hope they get to the rim a little bit more because their threes are not dropping this preseason. And preseason is funky. It's really just you, you just don't know um, if it's like the shooting, if it's just bad or everyone is just going through a cold streak or they're just warming up for the for the regular season hopefully it fixes itself and either they're going to make more threes or they just take less of them because my god it's, it's not falling even though it felt like the kings hit quite a few threes like kobe jones had two two really big threes uh davion mitchell was smoking hot from three and keegan looked like he couldn't miss from three i was surprised they actually shot so badly from three but if they're going to shoot this many they're going to just have to make more and you know, the, the Warriors simply just outshot them. Like, the Warriors actually played pretty terrible for the most part. Like, Steph, outside of his threes, just looked like he didn't give a shit. He was actually really bad going to the rim. And it just didn't, it just didn't, like, it just, basically, just, he was in preseason mode. Like, he just didn't, didn't give a shit. And then in the fourth quarter, he just happens to get really hot and ends up hitting the game winner uh, over De'Aaron Fox on a pretty simple step back. Like Steph Curry going with Steph Curry, and you know, like there's not much you can do about it. So it is what it is. It really does suck that the Kings just are still winless in the preseason. Although there are a lot of good things to take away from it, but you know, this one did sting. Like the Kings really did control this game, like for a good three and a half quarters, like three quarters if you even want to, like I guess three and a half if you even want to be kind about it. But they dominated this game pretty much. And it wasn't until the very end, like, they put the starters back in, but, like, it's it, the Kings just didn't play defense. And that's the thing that probably we're going to have to keep an eye on because I don't know if it's going to get any better with the defense because it's just they, they didn't really add any defensive players. Like, Duarte, we'll see what that situation is. Like, are they going to play Duarte next to De'Aaron in the starting lineup just to add a little bit more defense? And then move herds to the bench, or they're just gonna keep keep it the same way and just hope that they can outscore the other team. But that's remains to be seen. Um, well, yeah, like I, I don't really know what to take away from a lot of these games. Like the, so many flashes of the Kings being great, great. But you know, you need to get stops. Like they were able to actually score very well. Again, we saw fourth quarter Fox this game. Like Fox was just amazing this game. And it still wasn't enough to actually like take it away. Although I will say, Warrior Steph, I don't even know if to call him lucky or not, but he had some pretty ridiculous threes. There was one three where you know he's trying to draw a foul and he ends up banking the three in to cut the lead to one. It's just like the part of it is just like shooting luck. Um, but at the same time, like the Kings let, let the Warriors get to the rim way too easily, and they're just they just don't have rim protection and. Like the only way for them to really improve their defense is hopefully like they can the perimeter guys and keep their guys in front well enough. But again, without rim protection, you can't really do that very well because you're gonna have to give the guy space and then he's gonna like you, you know, they're gonna be able to drive and you know, it's gonna be it's gonna be ugly. So we'll have to see. Um again, don't is it something to be concerned about that the Kings are winless in the preseason? Probably not. It is the preseason. There are concerning things to look at to, that may be of concern, but 
I don't know if it's a re I don't know if it's anything to really be concerned about. Hopefully all these things just iron themselves out in the regular season and we get we get another good season. If not, like it might it might be rough. <laughs> it might be rough. Um although I do expect them to make the playoffs, but like it might be a rough road ahead. So um either way, those are kind of my thoughts about um this game. Uh, real, real was a really fun game. Like the Warriors and the Kings, they just they're just a really, really good matchup against each other. Like two rare, two very small teams who play very fast, who shoot a lot of threes, and just play an exciting brand of basketball. And they just mix, they match up really well. And you know, they just refuse to have a have a game that's not interesting. So. You know, like, you know, it, it really did sting when, you know, uh, Curry hit that three and then uh, Fox misses the misses the uh, three on the other end. But you know what? Fun game. Just don't don't um, don't push yourselves off the cliffs uh, off the cliff. Like there is still a lot of uh, a lot of good basketball to be ahead. This doesn't even count, but definitely did sting a little bit. But ultimately, fun game. Uh, really wish the Kings actually could have won this one. But oh, well. OK. Uh, once you, once you, um, well, we're going to have a short break and then we'll get back, um, after the jazz game and hopefully we'll have fun with us. Okay. The Kings, they get a win in preseason and now they go, they are now zero and zero on the season because it's a preseason win. Uh, however, uh, a win that also doesn't count, I guess. Fong is actually here for the second half. Hello. Yes, I was. Yes. So um, it was a really, it was actually another really fun game. The Kings just something about them. They love to go down to the wire for a lot of these games for whatever reason. And the Kings managed to uh, pull out the win this time. Um the the Kings so like to start off it was a very weird game because so here were the I guess the injury reports so Duarte was out Fox was out Trey Lyles was out Keegan Murray was out Sabonis was out and then on the Jazz side call uh, Clarkson uh, Zach Collins um, Laurie Marketing and Kelly Olynyk all sat so basically we got just really weird lineups. I'm not going to go into the Jazz's weird lineups, but like, so the starters ended up being Harris or uh, Davion Mitchell, Kevin Herter, Harrison Barnes, Sasha Vazenkov, and JaVale McGee. Now, it these lineups, I don't know how much they're going to play in the regular season. This might be the only time we'll ever see these lineups because it is just so weird, the mix. And honestly, that starting lineup, it, it was it was rough. Did you get? Did you catch any, uh, much of the starters um, when, when you were watching? Because you you came in in the second half. Uh, somewhat. I mean, I absolutely didn't catch Herder at all for the second half because I don't think he even checked in. <laughs> Not that I think about it. I mean, saw some. Vizenkov Barnes was also sitting as well, and I want to say McGee was also sitting. So only really Vizenkov and. Uh, Davion Mitchell, I could have uh, caught on, but other than that, I mean, you know, just testing out lineups, uh, kind of like how Luke did with uh, during his first year. So, I mean, we'll see how it goes. I mean, a lot of new acquisitions went to try out uh, new uh, play styles, and we'll see how where it goes into the regular season. 
you just brought up so many things that just so many so many just bad memories off of just one sense first of all <laughs> luke walton's first season we're not in a first season and you brought up luke walton for some reason <laughs> I, I don't know why you did any of that but anyways like it was it was rough like mitchell isn't like a real setup point guard he's more of like a score scoring guard uh, as it stands right now and he's he's not really he's not really a great initiator so you basically didn't really have a guy a designated ball mover or like a ball like a, he you, you didn't have a setup guy you didn't have a playmaker basically in the starting lineup and the chemistry was just a little off the off like I just felt like they never got offensive flow because of that and this is not like a dig on Davion this is it's just something he's not like great in and it really, it really doesn't help him when you see Malik come in and he kind of shows you how it's done in terms of being that offensive initiator and being the playmaker. And then, you know, Kevin Herter gets off to just an awful start. He managed to kind of rebound a little bit at the end, but like just, there was, it was rough to, it was rough to watch. But then the bench checks in and specifically, this is the lineup I was specifically so enamored with it was Malik Monk and then you have three perimeter defenders in Kobe Jones Keon Ellis and Kessler Edwards and a big like I either was Alex Len or JaVel McGee but it worked incredible when it was JaVel McGee because Malik just had like they're soulmates essentially like without ever having played with each other before these guys just know each other and just fit each other so well like it just it just looked like they've been throwing lobs to each other ever since they were like ever since they were born like the chemistry is so strong but then those three defenders just complement Malik so well and like you know they're cutting they're you know spotting up for three and Malik just being the orchestrator that brought the Kings back in the game and it was just it, it really was kind of it, it was really fun to watch and then the starters checked back in and it was a bit rough. It, it did get better, of course, but like that was kind of the story of this game. Like starters just didn't have a lot of like offensive flow, but then the bench comes in and then there was offensive flow. Yeah, definitely was a very, I would say, pesky type lineup. Uh, now, I can't say for the first half because I didn't catch that, but for the second half, like the lineup that you mentioned, besides McGee in place of when, I mean, it was a pretty nice, uh, very pesky lineup. And, you know, we had, I want to say, yeah, we had Mitchell in the mix instead of uh, Kobe Jones at times. And I felt like it worked out somewhat, but like you said, the just something about um, Kobe Jones and Mui together, I feel the offense kind of opens up somehow. Like okay, let's get let's get to Kobe Jones. Kobe Jones seven for thirteen from the field, five for eight from three for nineteen points. He was so good this game, and he does so many things. He's is a he's basically a perfect glue guy. Like you know the comparison like that just kind of hit me t today. He's, uh, he's uh, go ahead. What, what oh do you no. think? Oh no, go. Ahead. I was gonna ask who. Yeah, like the the guy he reminds me of, and I just hope like he's he doesn't have the health. He's not gonna have fall into the health issues that this player has. He reminds me a lot of Lonzo Ball in a way, in terms of that ultimate connector, that ultimate glue guy, like a guy that doesn't need the ball to be effective, 
and plays really hard on defense, is very disruptive on that end, and is able to just read passing lanes and just be really smart out there. But then on offense, like, he moves the ball. He's able to kind of, like, you know, feed. He's able to exploit openings that are created by others, whether or not, whether, like, by, you know, making threes or he's, you know, making the next pass. Just, he has such incredible feel out there. And then, of course, this game, he was scoring very well as well. and. You know, with all like the little things, glue guy stuff he does, any kind of extra points he puts on the board is just such a huge bonus. Really great game from Kobe Jones. Yeah, some of his passes, especially like those near Fred type passes, were really, really nice. Now, he only had two assists, which I mean, because some of them (laughs) couldn't convert into layups. But I mean, yeah, his passing is pretty, pretty nice. And it's not like the, it's not like the type where like he needs to have the ball. It, it's it's not like a Trey Young type where he's dribbling the ball a lot or anything. It's like literally, it's it, you know he finds the opening so well, and then he can operate within the pick and roll a little bit. I don't think he's great at it yet, just because he's not as a great scorer by any means. But like he's he's just such a great glue guy. And again, he's effective without the ball. And then when he gets the ball, he's able to do stuff with it. Just just really great stuff from him. Yeah, definitely. Hopefully, yeah, we do get to see him in the starting lineup now. The more that you talked about him, because the more we see him, he just keeps on getting better and better each and every uh, preseason game, I say. And the thing with him is he'll be actually be even better with a starting lineup because, again, he does so many glue guy things that when you surround him with really good players, he doesn't have to actually try and create because, like, that's probably his only weakness. Right? He's not a great creator, but he can find openings. Again, incredible just feel out there. Like, I didn't talk about it in, the, uh, like, um, 10 minutes before, really, when you're listening to this episode, but in the Warriors game, he was even good at just feeling the open spot for to you know get to get open threes. Like there was one specific play where he's off screen and there's a defensive breakdown, and he's able to just like you know from off screen just come into the uh, open spot for a open wing three. Like you can't teach that kind of stuff. And it's his feel is so advanced. Like as a rookie who you know hasn't really played any games that. If he does get chances with the starting lineup, I think I would actually help the team like right away. Oh, well, we shall see, I guess. Yeah. So so then um the the bench the bench basically was um was kind of the highlight of this game. The starters came back in the second half and it, it was a bit rough, but then they kind of figured some stuff out, particularly getting stops and then getting out of transition. But you know, it gets into a very tight game. And your and our boy Kobe Jones, like just out there making plays, and then Malik just being the orchestrator that he is. And then you know, you have like surprise contributions from guys like uh from guys like uh Kessler Edwards and then Davion Mitchell, like showing off an improved three-point shot, not efficient by any means, like, but he really did he his shot really does look better. I know he's three for nine for this game, but there's a confidence to it. And like, there's a smoothness to it. I think that is a little better. And we'll just we'll just have to see is able if he's able to do that in shorter spurts um, as a bench player because, you know, as a starter, Davion can be a little hit or miss. Yeah, I I feel I definitely. I mean, of course, defense. We're always gonna 
look forward to, but definitely the offense. I mean, it seemed like it got a lot better in the second half when he was matched with, uh, you know, the group that we've just mentioned. Yeah. So we'll see. Like, cause like this, again, this starting lineup is just so weird in terms of just the mixes. And again, the lack of offensive flow and chemistry was g- g- like genuinely jarring. But I don't think you'll see this lineup, <laughs> it, like, just because we saw it in this game, and it was just not pretty. But, like, ultimately, I think everyone just played a great role, and it's really nice to see the Kings, like, you know, it's it's weird to bring up this because it's so tied to the words, but it's like, it's a strength in numbers type thing. Like, you go into kind of your third team, and you just have a bunch of guys that you can just go to, to just do, to just help contribute to this team. <laughs> oh, yeah. So... Um, let's quickly just jump over to the jazz really quickly. Um, I thought like, I really like Colin Sexton. There is a little bit of just, there is definitely a thing where he just does not pass sometimes. Like he will take some pretty crazy shots, but he was really good this game. Uh, 11 for 16 for 24 points. Um, Walker Kessler. I don't, I don't know how to describe it. He just does stuff like as, as long as he's out there, he just, he just like does good things and he's really, really good at just being big. There were so many moments where, you know, he'll miss a shot, but he's so big. He literally just kind of tips it back in like, like so easily or, you know, gets the ball. He has great hands and just puts it back in. It's, it's just really, it's re- it's a real coop. Like it honestly, the jazz should, should like get fined or like get draft picks taken away from for just like stealing him away from the Timberwolves because honestly he kind of is what the Timberwolves need. Uh, yeah, I mean he definitely feels like the bigger man out there, especially going against uh, when I mean fifteen rebounds compared to, well, where is Len? Oh, seven. I, I will say Len was really good on defense this game. Like he, uh, I wouldn't go as far as to say he was like a real rim protector, but he did d- deter some shots. And like he blocked the shit out of Walker Kessler on on one play too. Mm. He, he like Alex Len, like the guy cannot jump over a, a roll of newspaper like a roll of newspaper now. But he he's a he's a better rim protector than McGee. McGee has been really like up and down. Like I did, I did I'll be honest I didn't notice this, but every time like James Ham brings this up. He went as long as McGee is not trying to be Sabonis, he can be really good. But he tries to be Sabonis, and it's just an absolute adventure, and not in a good way. But, like, you know, McGee's – what's disappointing with McGee the most is that his rebounding is really bad. And then his shot blocking, if he doesn't get the block, it's – he's not very helpful around the rim. Yeah. And, again, I guess we'll have to see how when fares off in the regular season because, I mean, five blocks – I highly doubt we'll see that number again in the regular season for him um in terms of physicality i feel like javel is the more physical kind of guy in my opinion uh alex Lynn is just a little too slow for my liking yeah he's probably too slow and he's ridiculously groundbound and the, the thing that pisses me off about like alex led instead of grabbing the rebound he'll tip it out a lot of the time <sighs> or try to tip it it's very annoying he didn't do it that much this game which is good but he just—I don't know what it is about him. There, there was actually one play where, uh, so I just talked about Javale's just horrible rebounding. Colin Sexton got the rebound in front of McGee, 
like no, while no. McGreen was just on the ground. He wasn't like trying to like contest the shot or anything. He just grabbed the rebound like away from McGee and then managed to actually put it in over him. Like McGee's rebounding needs to be better or like honestly just go to Len as the backup center. Because mm-hmm. honestly, Alex is actually a better Sabonis than than uh he's better at playing that style uh better than better than McGee can. What McGee does really well, however, I mentioned it. He is incredible as a lob threat with Malik. Like it is just instinctual between the two of them. There, there is a connection between the two of them. Well, hopefully Mike Brown puts it into McGee and yeah, let's just hope that he was in preseason and uh, we'll move on to regular season with that. Yeah. Um, another, another guy um, from the, uh, what's it called? From the uh, jazz that I, I mean, I like Ochai Paji, although he didn't do that much this game. Uh, Fontecchio, I don't know what it is about him. It just feels like he torches the Kings. Like, it said two for six from three. I felt like way worse what he did. One guy that I just cannot, I don't understand. Or, well, I, I guess we'll, 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 I guess we'll save him for last. But, like, um, one guy I don't really get. Uh, like, Keontae George, I don't get it. Like, what? why was he such a high pick? And it's just, he doesn't really do anything well, in my opinion. Like, in terms of, like, scoring, he's not exactly an assist guy. Just, I don't really get Keontae George. Um, Yurt 7, like, I thought he did some good things this game. It only said, it says he only has, like, three points. I thought he just did more. Taylor Hendricks' shot is a little weird. Like, I actually really wanted Taylor Hendricks, but he's a lot farther away than I thought. Um, and then yeah, let, let's talk about him now. Taylor Horn Tucker, 10 for 19 from the from the field for 26 points, but he was just all over the place. Yeah. Now for me, the time that I saw him out there, I'm actually surprised he got eight assists, not gonna lie. <laughs> uh looking at the bot score, but it just seemed like he wanted the points all to himself. Yeah, like he so he's te- he's definitely still a project, but like he's in his what fourth fifth year at this point. Let me just see. He is, let's see. He was picked in the he was picked in twenty nineteen. So that w- it would be his fourth year going on to his fifth maybe. Um, I don't I don't know, man. I, I don't know if, he, if he's ever gonna like he he was definitely like out of control a lot. There are flashes of him being absolutely brilliant, but holy shit, it has wrapped it within a lot of just bullshit that he does. And I, I told you what he reminds me of. He reminds me of like Lance Stevenson at his peak and not in a good way. It's more of just like when he was most famous where he would do a bunch of bullshit, and but every now and then just moments of brilliance, but mostly in, encapsulated by a lot of bullshit. And I just don't know. Like it, it, the Lakers picked him over Alex Caruso. Never, never let them forget that. And it's just wow. Yeah, I mean, if he tones down the BS, I feel like he'd be serviceable. But it seems like you know Utah's just letting him fly by. Now it's preseason. Hopefully, he kind of learns and uh, kind of takes into account that he can't do this in the regular season. But only time can tell because I mean they have a really good team that they could build around. Just can't focus on THT like that, though. Well, the thing is, I don't think he'll be in the rotation. 
just not like he's not efficient enough and i don't know if you like it depends on the king or the jazz want to win games if they want to win games they play chris dunn who was really good this game and it's i just don't i don't i don't know about taylor horton tucker it's just it's too much of an adventure you know like this is not a compliment he's a great rockets player oh <laughs> terrific on the rockets well the, the old rockets the new rockets maybe not so much but like like he's that kind of player where if you just give him a bunch of possessions and just let him figure it out. I just don't know if he'll, he'll ever figure it out, and I don't know if it's worth the investment. So that's just, that's just me. Yeah, um, yeah. That's kind of just those are my observations from the from the game. Like you know, it's good that the Kings got a win. They finally get a preseason win and break that drought. And it was a very fun game. Um, but ultimately, I don't know if there's that much we can take away from it. One thing about this game. The Kings gave up 66 points in the paint in a in a game where the Jazz, I guess, only scored 113. So half of their points came in the paint. And the rim protection is going to be a problem. And, you know, we're definitely know it's going to be even worse because or it's actually probably worse than it actually even seems because you played your rim protectors this game. And you still gave up 66 points in the paint to, you know, guys like Walker Kessler and like a bunch of guys just kind of got like, you know, police escorts basically to the rim. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. I'm not expecting the defense to improve much since uh, last season. So hopefully we'll figure things out like in other areas. And again, hopefully we don't chuck too many frees. I mean, I don't mind it today. It's just once the regular season starts, yeah, it's I, it's going to be a problem if we don't make any. Well, here's the thing. Like, when you're making more shots, that's usually the best defense. Like, your defense <laughs> will be better if you make more shots and you can set up your defense. So, again, it's hard to take away anything uh, from this. But, like, I, I would like to see the Kings just be at least a little bit better on defense. But, like, with the way it looks, like, they might even be worse on defense, which I don't know how that's possible. But, like, if they, if they want to take that next step, they're going to need to pick it up on, on uh, defense. I think the offense will figure itself out uh, once the regular season starts. But it is concerning. Their defense has just, it's just not been good. Hmm. Now, real quick, I know I missed Sasha in the first half, but looking at his cuts, I love his cuts. Now, yes, we should have mentioned that earlier too. Yeah, but uh, was there anything uh, notable other than his cutting that uh, what you call it seemed intriguing? No, that was basic. What you saw was basically it. <laughs> like, oh. but he, you know, he had he has some like random check up threes. It feels like he's good for at least one three a game. Like he'll just catch and then hopefully he just releases. And honestly, I wish he would be a little bit more aggressive with it. Cause like I see guys like Malik like jack up shots sometimes. I was like, might as well just give it to Sasha, honestly. But like he, he like it was funny because the 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 starters had gone on a really bad drought at that point, and then all of a sudden Malik checks in, and without even directly being involved with the play, we get these two beautiful cuts by Sasha, just backdoor, just you know moving off the ball, catching the guy off guard, and then somebody like the first one was Alex Len making a beautiful bounce pass, and then it was Kevin Herter on the second play where it just be, that's what we that's like the. That's the flash that I really want to be able to see in the regular season. That's what the that's what the offense could be, and we'll see if that is what the what the Kings' offense is in the regular season, or if it's just a flash in the pan. 
But like, if it is like, if those flashes are real, like this defense or this offense is going to be even better than last year. Oh yeah. Especially if Sabonis was on the floor, that'd be even more interesting. Yes, indeed. Okay. Uh, anything else you want to quickly go over from, from this game? Uh, I don't think so. I feel like we got over pretty much most of the stuff from each and every player, I feel. Okay. Uh, well, quickly to just recap, um, just uh, so I managed to, so it's been a day uh, since we, since I watched the Warriors game. So like, you know, if you listened like 20 minutes ago, I was talking about the Warriors game. That was the a day earlier. Uh, so I've actually had some time to just listen to some other thoughts about the game from last night. And I also, I listened to the Warriors plus minus and the, the podcast and they love te- Trace Jackson Davis, and so much so they say he's already better than James Wiseman, which I thought was just—it's such a hilarious dig at the guy. And you know, like not not to just not to just absolutely shit on Wiseman, but it's like, damn, that's a statement. Like a first-year rookie, granted, Trace Jackson Davis actually I think older than James Wiseman. But like Trace Jackson Davis in his first year is better than fourth year James Wiseman or third year James Wiseman. I mean, especially like, like literally his, I guess his first NBA season really compared to Wiseman's fourth. I mean, it's a huge improvement, I gotta say. I mean, what uh, what pick was he again? He's like in the 50s. He was like really so, late. So yeah, compared to Wiseman being literally, what, no, was it one? He was set, he was number two pick. Two, sorry. But before Lamelo and before uh Tyrese. Yeah. So I mean and, and and also let's not forget uh Patrick Patrick Williams. <sighs> yeah. One of these is not like the other, but sure. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's just a I mean, I guess it is what it is, but hopefully Wiseman can get his uh, shit together and Maybe he'll flourish in Detroit. So the I guess I guess this is funny, but like apparently him and Marvin are gonna battle to see who gets the backup center spot right oh, now. Come on, yeah, <laughs> really? It's, it's been it's been rough uh, for those two, and uh, yeah, I mean it's hilarious how similar they are. Um, yeah, and, I mean... and and I've actually meant to talk about this uh, for a while. A lot of people were kind of, sh- you know, a lot of Kings fans. I, I mean, I hate, I, I hate seeing this, but like they were making fun of Marvin for just, man, like how far he's fallen. And someone brought the, brought this point up very, like it's it's a good point. Look, Trey Lyles took five seasons to figure it out, like figure out his role. Like we actually know, like he's like in the sixth or seventh season at this point. Like, it took him a while to really find a home and find out, like, you know, figure out his role in the league. So you never know. Like, it might look, like, really bad right now, but Marvin, there is still a chance that Marvin and Wiseman, like, can figure it out. It just might take a few more destinations and um, just a few more years to figure out what their role is in this league. And, you know, I'm not willing to give up on either one of them just yet. They are still very young, but Boy, it is tough um, down in Detroit right now. Yeah, only time to can tell for that. But they're it's... also they're also by the way, I think this game they start a Killian Hayes over Jay Nivey. and it's like we're still doing the Jay Killian Hayes thing over like Jay Nivey, who everyone shitted on the Kings for not taking. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> 
But yeah, like I said, um, it's kind of like the NFL. A lot, a lot of players like in the NFL also is uh, what you might call it. Uh, how would I say it? Not they're not given the chance that they should, and it's uh, a lot of these teams kind of easily let them go just because they didn't, you know, prove themselves first or second year. It, it takes time. It, it's tough. Like you got to You got to put an investment into like these young guys. Like it, I mean, it's, it's so weird how the parallels match up so well. Like, I mean, Trey Lance is basically James Wiseman. If you think about it like that, that situation is eerily similar, isn't it? You know, and yeah, you want to talk about like final picks. Trace Jackson Davis is better for the Warriors right now than James Wiseman was. And like Brock Purdy, the last pick of the draft is better for is better than Trey Lance right now for the for the 49ers. You know, so like there's so many parallels you can you can jump into there. I I was going to mention Geno Smith, who, you know, yeah, no, I was about to say something disrespectful. I, I, I should probably know who that is, but, you know. Uh, well, he plays for Seattle now, but I mean, he started in the Jets, which years back was terrible, very terrible. Uh, then he moved to the Giants. Then I want to say, I'm trying to remember who else. I think Indianapolis, I forget. He just was hopping teams until he finally got a chance to play behind Russell Wilson. And when Russell Wilson got traded, he got that chance. <laughs> and it, now there and now Russell Wilson is not very good for some reason. Yeah, I mean a multi-million dollar dumpster fire over down there. Yeah. Uh well anyways, yeah. And, and like yeah, so just a long-winded rant of just TJD is I, I do like him. Like I thought he's still trying to figure out the Warriors offense. The Warriors offense is very complicated. But he is in the right spot. Like, if they just kind of make him be kind of the like the guy that kind of hides in the dunker spot, kind of what like kind of like what Aaron Gordon does a lot with the Nuggets, he's just in the right spot. Like for guys to in the offense, like he's still trying to figure out like in terms of just moving on the perimeter. But he's just down. He's just, like he's he just knows where to be, and you just can't really teach that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So yeah, good on good on them for you know getting Trace Jackson Davis and. Like he, the only issue I have with he is very small for a center, but he held up very impressively. I thought against the bonus who couldn't straight bully him. So yeah, good good for him. Yeah, and those dunks. I mean, they're pretty nice dunks. Or use really much. Yeah. Okay. Uh, let's shift. Uh, just so yeah, that's basically all we have for the game. Let's actually shift to the next topic. So one of the things that I've been doing as of late, so I've I've known this uh, channel for a long time, but I've just not had the time to kind of like check it out. But this channel called Alt Shift X on YouTube, and it's this channel that breaks down like movies and like TV shows, and particularly what's interesting about this, they break down House of the Dragon and they break down Game of Thrones. Now. Now, like, I'm not going to front. I'm not exactly the biggest Game of Thrones fan. I'm very interested in the lore, but I'm not that into it. But they have these videos that break down every single episode of House of the Dragon. I don't know if they have, like, all episodes of Game of Thrones in the catalog. I've never, I haven't looked that deep. 
but like their videos on House of the Dragon, like each episode and just the little details that they bring up, like, you know, again, like Game of Thrones has a lot of lore, like what what happened before the timeline, like before the time that the uh, storyline starts in House of the Dragon. There's so many stuff that they go out that they break down in detail and so many little details that, you know, I didn't notice on the first on the first watch. Like one of the biggest examples, if you actually if you actually watch the intro of Game of Thrones. Now, the music is the same, but apparently each episode, basically, the intro is actually slightly different because, you know, people have kids and like they basically change according to like, you know, the, the bloodline according to you know who had who has had kids and who hasn't and then it actually depicts it in the intro so I thought that was really really cool so I really really recommend everyone check out this this channel it's it's awesome it has like a few million subscribers already but it's so awesome and I definitely recommend you check it out as well and just so we can talk about it. huh okay that reminds me I, I mean I can't wait for season two of House of Dragon even though I don't think they even announced it yet now that I think about it uh, let me just do a quick Google search season two um so it will only consist of eight episodes oh that's oh so they're targeting summer 2024 ah uh, still <laughs> half a year away geez it it literally felt like already one or two years ago that um season one came out to be honest yeah that's one thing i really don't like about watching this as they come out although it's been really fun to like i guess participate in the conversation a little bit like you know being on twitter while it while the episodes are coming out like being in just that discussion is really awesome um but yeah it is not fun like waiting for episodes to come out like it, it's just it's just it, it was really good like i know i i know like game of thrones like I guess a little bit of a spoiler kind of ended on a sour note, but like House of the Dragon is awesome. Like you don't have to love Game of Thrones to you know, or you don't have to love Game of Thrones to love House of the Dragon. It's it's basically another Game of Thrones. It's really good. Yeah, it's like you don't really have to know anything about Game of Thrones. Really, it's it's like its own separate show um, compared to it. And you know, I mean, speaking about Game of Thrones, still haven't started since. Uh, we last talked so yeah <laughs> i mean i feel like it's just a lot easier to get into than you know dealing with game of thrones yeah but uh yeah anybody that's even remotely interested you don't have to be that into the lore like you don't have to be one of those guys if you just watch the episodes i recommend watching every single like um breakdown episode they have like q a episodes which are like two hours long i think they're like live i think they do like live streams after the um episodes but they have like these breakdowns and i recommend watching all 10 of them because they're all so good like there's one big thing like they talk about like damon's damon's uh personality like he looks like a cold asshole like for much of the for much of the show but like they go into more detail about how his personality is that he just he just vents in a very weird way and it's just part of his personality this is it's a lot more depth than you might think hmm, i see so definitely recommend that channel to anyone. Um, so yeah, just watch it if you have a chance. They are kind of long, but you know they're definitely worth watching. And the, and the guy who narrates it is pretty funny too. He made a really funny uh, eye joke in one of the episodes. Hmm. And you also mentioned that there were other shows, right? 
Um, yeah, so like Dune is is like one that I noticed. There, there's other ones, but I again I haven't delved that deep into their catalog, but there, there's a lot you can dive into. Okay. All right. So uh the last thing I want to quickly go over with you, uh Diablo season two has uh come out. I've played a little bit of it, and so I started a rogue, and so far it's been pretty fucking awesome because the rogue is it, it's it's the it's is like widely regarded as the best class. So it's just it's just so fun to just kill things so easily. Ah uh, man, I, I hear Druid is also pretty good. So I mean, for me, I I've been Druid for the past what preseason and first season. So it's time to switch it up. I know. I I actually want to make a sorcerer for once. Wait, didn't you make one though? I did. I did make one. Honestly, I started to kind of figure it out. And like they apparently they buffed it a little bit, but I said I went to the barbarian, which apparently they nerfed the shit out of in season one. So it's just why, but it, yeah. So a sorceress is fun, um, although like you might you might miss the druid really quickly because boy oh boy, you don't do a lot of damage to start. Uh, I mean, I'm kind of expecting it to be honest. <laughs> because, well, I mean. First season was kind of, I, I want to say it's a kind of anomaly because they introduced some very OP aspects, not aspects. What were they called? Um, aspects. Was it really called aspects? Well, they're like skills you get from dungeons, right? Yeah, it, it's, ah, uh, man. Yeah, I think I think you are talking about aspects. The, the, the barber, is, is, are those aspects? I forget. Um, No, those are. No, those aren't aspects. They're called something else, but I I know I know what you're talking about. Yeah, right. They introduced something like that. We'll see. I haven't looked into whatever I guess vampiric what uh powers that uh Diablo 4 has um for this season. So I guess we'll see uh how much powerful each and every class gets because a lot of good changes, I gotta say, from uh, what I've heard from um, the patch notes. Like, uh, was it now with each and every world tier is secluded to its own, like, um, was it uh, item drop type, I guess, in a way? Oh, really? I, I didn't read about that. I, I, I haven't tried world tier two yet. I'm only on world tier one, but I'm already level 20. So, I mean, I started, at level, I started, <laughs> at, level, I started at level nine or 10 because of I, I did all the Lilith statues and like uh, basically get a giant boost from that. Okay. Yeah, yeah, Again, yeah. it's been very quick with the rogue. The rogue is pretty amazing. Ah, thank God I got all those statues because that took that took too long. Yeah. I'm glad I did it too because don't have to ever do it ever again. So, oh, by the way, do, do I have to log into the previous character before log in, uh, make a new character? Like, before I would say no because it lock it basically like the I still have the world unlocked, like not all the waypoints, but like the main waypoints. So, I don't think you have to again. Okay. You can skip the story too. I don't know if you had that function in season oh, one, yeah. but yeah. I, I didn't have it in season one. So Oh yeah, I definitely skipped it. I don't think I would want to go through it again because it's I mean it's a good story, just too long for it's a fine story. I don't want to even call it good. Mm. I mean uh hopefully it wraps up because I mean it did somewhat end in a cliffhanger of some sorts, but who knows how long that's gonna take. I mean you want to talk about lore. 
like there's a lot of lore with Diablo, but they never make it. Unless I'll be honest, I'm not interested enough in the world to actually learn about it. But there's a lot of lore with Diablo, and I just wish they had better stories to get into it. Because like that's that's my issue with the story. It's just not interesting enough to make me actually learn about the lore. Yeah, I mean, I feel like you know, I have a feeling that they'll put out a DLC for X amount of money just to hopefully wrap up something but i don't know i don't know how long this game's gonna last to be honest because i feel like the player base is dwindling more and more to be honest i mean at least this will last maybe a month and then we'll see if it we'll, we'll see and then maybe we move on to the next one but so far like i'm actually really happy it actually came back um that, well, at least I'm back in the game. I know most. I, I think you guys haven't really played, so I know. But I it's, mean, been, it's been fun for me. I think my main goal when starting this game was to be Uber Lilith at the end. But I was <laughs> I was supposed to attempt it last season when you know all the OP stuff was out with Barber and you know Druid with um uh Tornado or was it? I was yeah Nano Druid where I could hopefully, <laughs> uh, I guess, two, three phase it maybe. But, yeah, well, that time kind of passed. Unless I play on, what do they call it now? The nah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It's like a totally different server apart from the season no server. I, I forgot what it's called, to be honest. Well, either way, maybe maybe you will get to Uber Lilith. Like you, you are not a man that runs away from a grind. Uh, I, I know that. So. Yeah, I mean, maybe, I maybe you will get to it. I already ran maybe, away from maybe 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 I'll get to it. Who knows? Oh, maybe I'm. I have a feeling you'll get get there before me. Not gonna lie. I mean, I kind of yeah. no, it's not happening. I mean, <laughs> I slow down on runes. I slow down on RuneScape. I slow down on Destiny. Definitely. No, I don't. There's not much in Destiny. You were still really. playing RuneScape? No, <laughs> I haven't even touched it in so long. No, I haven't touched it in a long time. I, I, I have to get membership, and I just don't want to. So it, it's just, yeah. Why would you want to pay twelve bucks a month when Jeez. you could have games with these? It was ten bucks a month the last time I looked. To God damn. I mean, years back, it was like six, seven, eight bucks a month. Or oh, when we first started, yeah, it was five bucks. <laughs> It's just like man, everything's fucking, everything's fucking just going up. It's annoying. But, uh, okay, uh, we've rambled on I think long enough. Uh, last piece of news: Jalen Noel has been waived. Uh, there's also been other guys that have been waived. Let me just check uh, real quick. They, they also waived Jake Stevens and Dwayne and Dane Goodwin, who was actually who were actually all at the game today. Uh, Jake Stevens and Dane Goodwin should be heading to Stockton. I'm not sure about Jalen Noel. Jalen Noel might be going to Stockton, but I would honestly expect him to find his way on, on another team. Like, like you know, I guess take a drink, but like probably heads to the heat. <laughs> like that just every everyone who's remotely a fringe NBA player just go to the heat and hope you can turn into the next game, Vincent or, and, and or Max Drews. Yeah, could be. Not gonna lie, I was thinking Minnesota somehow. I don't know why. Just go back to the trap, <laughs> the what you call it team that uh, had him. I guess. I mean, like you know, he probably just maybe he doesn't want to. Uh, maybe he doesn't want to deal with Rudy's bullshit. For all we know. Yeah, we'll see how that goes. Okay. 
Uh, anything else you want to quickly go over? Uh, not that I know of. I mean, finally, the last preseason game is over. Can finally move on to the regular season. Yeah, we'll probably have one more episode in between before the season starts or before the first game. So, yeah, stay tuned for that. We'll probably be going over just some some predictions, some uh, some thoughts we have, and, yeah, some things to look out for. Oh, yeah. Well, we'll see you guys later. And thank you guys for listening. And, yeah, as Fawn said, we'll catch you guys on the next one.